Oh, man. Well, good morning, church. Uh, hopefully, uh, none of you are feeling that kind of anxiety this morning as you walk in the room. Uh, really glad you're here. As Rhonda said, we are starting a new series today called Connected 3D, and it's all about how do we use our technology in a God-honoring way. So what I want to ask you to do uh, this morning, because this is a technology series, if you would pull out your, uh, your phone, your device, your smartphone, whatever you have, you can go ahead and pull that out right now. Go ahead and pull it out of your pocket, giving you permission to pull this out. And if you would, go ahead and turn that off for like the next 20 to 25 minutes. How many of you are having anxiety right now at that mere suggestion? <laughs> Can you do it? Some of you started sweating. Some of you, like these people in the video, are like, I don't know if I can do that for the next 20 minutes. What if something happens, right? You know, how many of you, when I even suggested it, had like a physical response to that question, right? Can you, can you turn your device off for, for 10 minutes, for 20 minutes? Is it even possible? I don't know. I don't know. For a lot of us, that's pretty difficult to even think about doing because we live in a world where we are so connected. I don't know if you remember this. I remember... When our family got our very first cell phone back in the day, that's what we called them. It was a bag phone. And some of you don't know what this is. I'll just describe it to you. It was, it was a pretty big uh, device. I guess you could call it a device. Uh, that would, came in a bag. We got it at Radio Shack. Um, I think our service provider was Altel back in those days. And you would put this in the floorboard of your car, and you would have to plug it into the cigarette lighter so that, you know, it would have power. But you didn't turn it on. I mean, the only reason you would turn it on is to make a phone call if, you know, you were stuck and you had to call somebody or if something important really happened because you were literally charged by the minute for your cell service. And so you, didn't, you never turned it on if you had a cell phone. You, it was nice to have them, but you only turned it on when you had to turn it on, right? That's the only time you turned it on. That's how it worked back in those days. In fact, back in those days, they didn't have a cell phone when I was a teenager. And I distinctly remember on more than one occasion my old truck uh, breaking down. Hey, here's Audrey. One more time, everybody. I distinctly remember, to, remember on more than one occasion uh, my, my truck breaking down on the side of the road and I couldn't call anyone, I couldn't text anyone to come help me, not because people didn't want to come help, not because my parents were mean or my friends didn't like me. I didn't have a way to, right? I didn't have a, I didn't have a phone, I didn't have a cell phone in my car or on my person at that time. And so what you had to do, some of you remember these days, is you had to wait for like a really nice stranger to pull up on the side of the road. Today, you would never, ever even talk to this person, right? But you waited for them to come by, hoping that they could ha- help you in some way, you know, fix your car or get you someplace. Or you would walk to the nearest gas station where you could get help or use a payphone to call someone you need to come help you. And some of you are like, what's a payphone? Well, we'll talk about that later. Um, that's how it was, right? Times have changed. Times have changed, technology has changed, and it keeps changing faster and faster. It was 2007, I think, when the very first iPhone was introduced. You remember that? Just a little over 10 years ago. It's hard to believe it's been that long in some ways. The very first iPhone was introduced, and of course, soon to follow was uh, the Android and all those things. And probably everyone in the room this morning has a device kind of like this. And we're connected and the weird thing is, is that, well, I'll turn mine off. Uh, the weird thing is, is that we're so connected that if you were to lose this device, or if it were off for any reason, and you weren't able to see if you had a notification or if you missed something, like you physically start to, uh, you know, the anxiety starts to rise in your body. Have you ever lost your phone for a moment and you couldn't find it? You didn't know where it was? 
You know, maybe it's buried in the couch or you left it in the car and you didn't have it. I'm really thankful a few years ago I got one of these really cool gadgets called an Apple Watch. And the cool thing, I don't know if it'll work because this is coming on still, but the cool thing is you can swipe up and I can ping my phone with this little button here. And if this is anywhere, you know, within radius, it will, it will ding. And I'd be like, oh, there's my phone. Some of you are like, I'm getting an Apple Watch today just for that function alone, right? It's fantastic. It's fantastic because I lose my phone all the time. But I just swipe up, I do this, and it'll ping it. And I'm like, oh, there's my phone. It'll go off in a minute. That's how it works, right? But there's actually today a clinical term for people who have a fear of losing or being without their phone. I don't know if you knew this. Like, they have a name for it. It's called nomophobia. Literally, like, no more phone. I don't know where my phone is. It's called nomophobia, and it's diagnosable, right? It's that anxiety you feel when you don't know where your phone is because people have become, and we're some of those people, if we're being honest, right, who have literally grown addicted to our cell phones. A few years ago, uh, Jeff Foxworthy came up, you know, with this huge comedy deal about you might be a redneck if. Now, I'm not nearly as funny as Jeff Foxworthy, but I was thinking this week, you might be addicted to your cell phone if, right? So here's some of the things I came up with. If you could give me some sympathy laughter, it would make me feel great. I thought about this. You might be uh, addicted to your cell phone if, if you've ever felt your phone vibrate in your pocket, only it didn't. You just imagined it did, but it felt so real. You ever feel that? I've done that. Uh, if the first thing you see every morning and the last thing you see at night is not your spouse, it's not your sweet little kids, if the first thing you see every morning, the last thing you see every night before you go to bed is the glow of your screen, you might be addicted to your cell phone, right? What about this? If, if you have to charge your phone more than once a day, and in fact you have a battery backup either in your pocket or in your purse at this very moment, you might be addicted to your cell phone. Or if... If you have to check your phone repeatedly and often just in case you did get a notification or a like, right, you might be addicted to your cell phone. You might be addicted to your cell phone if your phone dings, beeps, or buzzes across the room, and no matter what you're doing, even if you're in the shower, you have to get out and go check it to see what just happened. You might be addicted to your cell phone. And here's my favorite. Oh, I got two last favorites. These, these two. Uh, you might be addicted if the last time you were without your phone... Never mind, you can't remember the last time you were out your phone. My all-time favorite, though, you might be addicted to your cell phone if, if you can't remember the last time you went to the bathroom without your phone, you might be addicted to your cell phone. By the way, remind me to never borrow your phone to make a phone call. The reality is technology has changed, but the real question is, is how has technology changed us, or how is it changing us? I distinctly remember a few years ago, driving home from work, and ministry is like this, but I know a lot of you have jobs that are like this too, that I, I was home from work, but my work had followed me home. You know what I mean? I got home, and I pulled in the driveway, and I see my son playing in the front yard, and I get out of the car, but I've got I've to answer. I've got to respond to this person on the other end of my screen. So I'm, I'm standing in my front yard with my son in the front yard, and he's begging me to play ball with him, but literally I've got to respond. I'm engrossed in my phone. I'm texting away or emailing away to this person who's on the other side of my screen because they have, they have a need, they have a question, they have something pressing that they need to hear from me about, and I feel really, you know, uh, in, in like I need to respond to them. And so I keep putting myself off. I'll be with you in a minute. Yeah, I got it. Hey, go do that, and I'll come help you in a second. Keep putting them off, keep putting them off, and I'm, the whole time I'm just hammering away trying to type this response on my phone in my front yard. Like I'm physically present with my son, but the reality is I couldn't be further away. You ever been there? 
And I keep going, I keep going, and I don't even know how long, because you know how this works. When you get like engrossed in that screen trance, you lose all sense of time. But I distinctly remember him saying, this is my, at this time he's, he's a lot younger, he's six years old. He finally gets my attention and he says, Dad, will you put down your phone and will you look at me? Will you play with me? Ouch. Like, I remember being cut to the heart at that moment. And I know that I'm not the only parent in the room that's ever experienced something like this. But I remember being reminded in that moment, and really ever since, because it's happened more than once, right? Of this central truth, that whenever you say yes to one thing, you automatically say no to another. Whenever you say yes to one thing, you automatically say no to something else. And what I want to ask us during this series is I want to ask us to ask some really hard questions, to be really honest with ourselves, about what is it that we are choosing to say yes to, and what is it that by default we are saying no to, or maybe who is it by default we're saying no to. And what I want you to know is that this series, this Connected 3D series we're doing, this is, this is a family series, but it's for all of us, but it's not an anti-technology series. Technology is not bad. In fact, technology is very, very good. It's always been good, right? This is not an anti-technology series. What this is is a pro-relationship series. It's about finding ways to use technology in a God-honoring way. Because technology continues to change, and it will continue to change and grow and evolve. The question I want us to ask, though, is how is that technology changing us? The reality is, is that while this feels like it's a really new problem, that no one else has ever dealt with this before, the truth is, is that it's a really old problem. It's something that people have always dealt with. And this morning, if you have a Bible, or if you have your device still turned on and you want to use it, open up your Bible app, you can do that. Or there's paper Bibles in the chairs in front of you if you want to pull one of those out. If you want to open up to Genesis 11, I want us to look this morning at an ancient story that I believe speaks to this present reality. And you may be wondering, like, what could ancient scripture, what could these words from thousands of years ago possibly say, possibly speak into this moment, uh, into our current reality, into our current struggle with smartphones and our devices and all that we're dealing with? What could, what could those ancient words possibly say? But there is some timeless wisdom that I think we'll learn and understand today, because this, while this is a problem, this is not a new problem. So in Genesis 11, we find this ancient story, starting in verse 1. I want us to to read it together this this morning. Genesis 11, verse 1 says this, At one time, all the people of the world spoke the same language and used the same words. As the people migrated to the east, they found a plain in the land of Babylonia, and they settled there. Now, I don't know if you can imagine this, but there was a time in the history of the world uh, when people all spoke the same language. And that's, that's a bit of a nuance, but it's a bit of a big deal, right? Because you, you understand this, that when people speak a common language, there is an innate power in that. Uh, th- this, is, this is why we say things like, you know, we've we got to get, get on the same page, right? We've we got to start reading from the, from the same sheet of music. We understand that when we are all pulling in the same direction, speaking the same language, there's great power in that. This is why companies and organizations spend literally millions of dollars to create culture in their organization and to create a common language uh, within their companies. 
Because they understand there is power when people speak a common language. This is why sports teams come up with slogans and catch phrases. Because they know that if we can speak a common language, we can accomplish more together than we ever could alone. And here in Genesis 11, in this ancient story, everyone spoke a common language. And that could have been used, that power could have been used for good or for evil. And here's what happens in verse 3. They began saying to each other, Let's make bricks and harden them with fire. In this region, bricks were used instead of stone, and tar was used for mortar. Now, I'll admit, they did not have computers to digitally design some 3D animated, you know, deal of what they were about to erect and build. But they did have bricks and tar that they used for mortar. And this, in fact, was their technology. And now again, I know this isn't the new iPhone X, but this was what they had to use. This was their technology. Technology, the, the basic definition of technology is the application of scientific knowledge for a practical purpose. And this was their technology. These bricks, this mortar, this is what they had to work with. This was what they had to use. And, and the entire story right here hinges on the very next verse and how they use this technology. Listen to verse 4. This is huge. You can underline this, highlight this on your app. This is big. Verse 4. Then they said, come, let's build a great city for ourselves with a tower that reaches into the sky, into the heavens. This, get this, this will make us famous and keep us from being scattered all over the world. So how would they use this technology that they've been given? For this purpose, to make their names great to make their name known, to make them famous, and to keep them connected so they would never, ever be scattered. In other words, they wanted to use it. They wanted to use this technology for their benefit and for their glory. Now, I know what you're thinking. Man, it's a good thing we don't do that. Yeah? Good. Verse 5. But the Lord came. The Lord came down to look at the city And the tower the people were building, look, he said, the people are united, and they all speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. Come, let's go down and confuse the people with different languages. Then they won't be able to understand each other. In that way, the Lord scattered them all over the world, and they stopped building the city. That is why the city was called Babel, because that is where the Lord confused the people with different languages. And this way, he scattered them all over the world. One guy said, hey, pass me the brick. The other guy said, no hable inglés. And then that was it, right? They couldn't talk anymore. And they literally called it Babel because it sounded like gibberish. And they had to stop what they were building. And here's what's interesting, right? When God looked down and he saw these people using the technology that he had given them, the gifts that he had given them, for their own personal gain and for their own personal glory, God stepped in and God intervened. And here's really what I want you to know today. I'll go ahead and tell you. Is that if you're using the gifts that God has given you, if you're using the the gifts and the talents and the abilities and even the technologies that God has, has given you for your own personal gain and for your own personal glory, you will always find yourself wanting and you will ultimately fail at whatever it is you're trying to achieve. It's interesting, isn't it? These people, they, they, 
they had these two ideas in mind. Let's build this city, let's build this tower for these purposes. So that we can be, be famous, so everyone will know our name. And so that we can stay connected, so we will never be scattered. And what happened? We never find their names. <laughs> we don't have a clue who these people are. And after this moment, they were scattered to the ends of the earth. They're never known, and they were scattered to the four corners of the world. And I think if we're fast-forwarding to present-day life, these same realities, these same truths are present for us, right? I mean, for you and me, a lot of what is at the heart of our technology and the way we use it, if we're just being really honest, it may not seem this way, you may not think this way, but a lot of times we use our technology, we have the technology we have because we have some desire that's deep inside of us that, that wants us to be known, to make much of ourselves. Now, I know you probably didn't get the latest gadget you got to become the next YouTube sensation. Maybe you did. I don't know. Maybe you know how to make funny cat videos. I don't know. But that's probably not the case for most of us. But I'll tell you what is the case for a lot of us is we have this desire to get the next new thing or the next new gadget or to have the next whatever it is so that people will notice. So that people will say things like, did you know that he got? Did you see that she got? He's got that new cool Apple Watch that makes his phone ding so he can find it. I got to get one of those. That's awesome. Did you know he had that? That's really cool. You know, she's got that new iPhone X with like the emoji face thing. It's fantastic. I need one of those. That's cool. You know? He's got, did you read he got? He got that new, like, 92-inch, you know, LED, 4K, smart TV with, like, built-in surround sound, theater seats, the whole nine yards. Amazing. She got this new fridge that has, like, a, seriously, like, a 32-inch screen, like, built into it. She can tell Alexa she needs more grapes, and it, like, syncs up, and it, they just show up at her door. It's amazing, you know? Like, we get this technology, and we want to have it in our homes or in our lives or on our person so that we can show people what we got, so that we can make ourselves feel better, so that we can become known, so that in our own little world, among our friends, among our peers, we can be famous. I don't know. There's something there inside of every one of us that wants people to notice us. We want to be known. We want people to see us. And there's something inside of us. Again, if we're being honest, we don't talk about it much. There's something inside of us that we just like to make much of ourselves. But it's not just that. Because these people not only wanted to to become famous, they wanted to stay connected. And you're like, what's wrong with that desire? What's wrong with using the technology that we have to stay connected? And I'll be the first to tell you, I love that the technology we have today helps us to stay connected better than ever before. I love that, that my kids who live hours away from grandparents can FaceTime their grandparents and see them and talk to them anytime. That is a wonderful, beautiful thing that we have because of technology. It is awesome. And in fact, I, I would guess that if I were to ask you about the technology that you've brought into your life, into your home, into your family, you would probably say that the number one reason you brought that technology into your home, into your family, was to make life better for your family to help you be better connected. But isn't it interesting that the technology that we bring into our homes to help us stay connected and be better connected is actually the very thing that more often than not separates us. I mean, if I were to ask you, the technology that's in your home or that you use on a daily basis, 
Is that making life better between you and your spouse? Is your marriage better? Are you closer? Or is it causing you to separate? The technology you have in your life at your fingertips that you use every day, is it making life better between you and your kids? Or like me, again, I'm just being confessional because I don't have it all together, just so you know. Is it distracting you from being the kind of mom, the kind of dad that you really want to be? It's interesting, isn't it, that the technology we bring into our lives to make life better to help us feel more connected, actually ends up being the very thing that separates us from the people that matter most. And so I want to ask that question, like, what do you need to disconnect from that is of little importance, if you're being honest, so that that you can connect to what, or can I say who, matters most? Again, we're not saying technology is bad. This is not an anti-technology series. This is a pro-relationship series. This is about using the technology God has given you in a God-honoring way. But the fact of the matter is that sometimes we have to unplug. We have to disconnect to connect. I love FaceTime. I love being able to talk to people that are hours away. But there is nothing better than being in the same room with that person. Right? So what do you need to disconnect from so that you can connect to the people that matter most? That day when I was in the front yard with my son and he, he called me out, Dad, get off your phone, look at me. Coming from a six-year-old, that's pretty, pretty indicting. I'll remember that it, that day and, and ever since I, I've just held on to this truth, that there is something for us all to learn that we have to be committed to being present with a person who is present. And today, if I could call us back to something as a people, as a church, this is one way that we live different, is that we are present with the people who are present. There is a time for us to disconnect so that we can connect with the people that matter most in our lives. And I think if we are going to use our technology in a God-honoring way, it comes down to this simple truth. That from the very beginning of time, the one thing that has mattered most to our Father God is presence. That's why Jesus came from heaven to earth. That's why he's called Emmanuel, which literally means God with us. The whole story of God is wrapped up in this one word, with. And for us to be with the people and with the God who first loved us, it requires us on some level to disconnect even from what is good, to connect with what matters even more. And that's just one way we as a church live different. Church, if you would, let's, let's stand together. So the real question today that I want to ask is what would life look like if we took technology back in its proper place? What, what, if, what if those people from Genesis 11 who found this place, this land in Babylonia and decided to build a tower, what if they had decided to use their technology in a way that honored God? What if instead of trying to make their name known and their name famous and their name great, what if they decided to make much of God? What if they decided to build connections that really mattered with each other? The truth is, we'll never know. But you and I have an opportunity to live 
differently. We have an opportunity to use the gifts that we've been given to make much of God, to make him known, to make him famous, to make his name great. And we have an opportunity to build connections with him and with each other that really matter. And so today, if for whatever reason you found yourself trying to make way too much of yourself and not enough of God, Today, if you've realized that we live in a world where we've never been more connected, but you have never felt more alone, we're going to sing a song, and as we do, I'm going to ask our shepherds and their wives who are here today to make themselves available around the room. And if you want to go and pray with one of them, I can tell you they would love nothing more than to pray with you and ask God to help you reconnect with him and reconnect with those people in your life that matter most. Or, if like Audrey did today, where's she at? There she is. If you want to make that connection with God and be baptized into Jesus, man, we would love nothing more than to help you with that and to celebrate that today. And so we're going to close with a song that I love this song about the greatness of God. It's about making the one famous who deserves all the fame. And if we can help you in any way, just find myself up here, find one of our shepherds and their wives around the room, and we would love to talk with you and pray with you and help you to connect with who and with what matters most. Let's sing.